The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Thomas Sanherho. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Dom. How's it going? Very well. Thank you. And Jack Barazzini. Hi, Jack. Hey, how's it going? Very well. Thank you. So uh, we we have a couple good topics this week. Uh, some, some stuff really about, uh, I, I think the theme this week is, uh, making sure that our tech protects us uh, from nefarious things, from bad things. I think that's really the theme this week. Uh, and the first segment, the first story I want to talk about is a story that's been in the news here in the Boston area, and it's uh, been in the Boston Globe. One of the Globe's reporters a few years ago lost his wife. She died tragically of a really bad asthma attack, and she died like on a bench outside the emergency room of a hospital, of a local hospital, um, one of the cities next to Boston. And she had called 911 and they couldn't find her and no one saw her. And she passed away right there. It was a tragedy, like by definition, because it, it didn't need to happen. And so one of the things that was a result was they found that the 911 call which she made from her cell phone could not pinpoint her location well enough that she that they couldn't find her. They were. She was on a bench outside the emergency room door, and they're three blocks away down the hill from the hospital looking for her. It, it just was was terrible. And so this follow-up they did recently in the last couple of weeks was they did a test. Okay, so now that we've been known about this for this time, how does the system work? And, they, and so this reporter went with the deputy chief of police for this town, and they stood in the same location, and they made a bunch of cell phone, uh, 911 cell phone calls. And uh, they got some really kind of disturbing results where most of them could, you know, one of them couldn't find them at all. Several of them uh, placed them in the wrong location, the wrong places. They used different national carriers, different phones. Um, and, and the question is, is why can my, my what Uber and Lyft find me, you know, and drive up right next to me on the curb and 911 can't? And that's really the the big question. So, guys, I mean, what do you think of this in general? I mean, did, did, was this something you'd thought about, or something that concerned you about nine one one before, or did you, did you just kind of assume, well, nine one one has location uh, stuff in it now, so they must be able to find me? Was this something you were aware of before? How about you, Thomas? I uh, is this is actually something that I've thought a lot about because I'm on a non main brand carrier. I'm a Metro PCS uh, customer, so. I bounce off of a lot of different uh, cell phone towers when I'm uh, going uh, when I'm making calls. So I this is one of the things that I did think about a lot when I first got uh, when, I, when I first got my cell phone and I started thinking about using it as an emergency system. Um, bouncing off of all those different towers and the, the amount that I switch around, I, I wonder what that would do to my location signal. And it's it's. Uh, bit me a few times just with the maps programs where I'll be about a thousand feet off the side of the road and we're on you know we're talking on Google Maps so it's mm-hmm. I know the map program is good I know that the the location is good but the information that's coming from my phone isn't 
And so I, I have been a little bit worried about this, honestly. How about you, Jack? Was, was this a, a concern? What's it like in your area? I mean, do you, do you live rural or suburban or urban? What, what kind of area you live in? I live in a fairly suburban area. And the two times that I've had to make 911 calls, they both had to do with um, car wrecks. And I just made sure I honestly didn't even think of it. I just told them what street I was on, what the cross street was, and right. there were no issues. But I don't, I don't know how accurate they would have been able to pinpoint it at. I do know that when I use Google Maps, um, it gets it extremely accurately where I live. I'm able to turn on the walking feature and it tells me exactly where I am. Um, so I think that around here, it may not be too much of an issue. But looking through the um, article, it looks like a lot of it has to do with organization and like the legacy software they're using more so than the inability for it to actually work. Right. It's not so much about whether the GPS and the phone knows where it is, but but how that information is routed around in the tower. So so I think what they're doing is triangulating. They, so triangulation measures your uh, this, the, the amount of time that a signal takes to travel between you and the radio tower. And, it, and if you have three towers, that gives you three points that, you know, three lines that cross. And that gives you a pinpoint, you know, and if you have, I think it's like four, you can have height or something like that, whatever it is. But, but uh, they, they, uh, they need these, the towers to, to triangulate and pinpoint you, but especially in areas like, so in the Boston area, we have a lot of town, cities and towns that are close together and weird shapes and parts of towns jut into other ones. And so what you have is the, you have a, it, it can be hard for these towers to really pinpoint which, A, which jurisdiction you're in. But then, but then uh, they have these regional centers as well. I was reading this other story about this Tennessee uh, system where uh, this one county it says a uh, Wilson County, for example. For example, um, there was this car accident. There was a news TV news reporter who saw it and called, and it was just a mess. And they said that you know, there the county gets the call, and then who, the the nine one one county call center then has to route your call, transfer you, because we know how reliable transferring calls is, to the local agency that's significant. And so it's time. It's just the more time it takes to, to route you, and, and they say every single phone call in Wilson County must be transferred. There are no exceptions. And so you're, you're repeating yourself. You're trying to, and it just, it burns up the time that during an emergency, every second counts. Uh, so it, whether it's urban, like Boston, or suburban, or rural, like in Wilson County, Tennessee, it's, there's a, it, I think you're right, uh, Jack, it's, there's a, it's as much a bureaucratic or organizational or institutional problem as it is a, a technological problem. And I've actually uh, worked in Tennessee with law enforcement systems, with their IT systems, and honestly, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, most, as much money as we've poured into Homeland Security, and I'm doing the air quotes, Homeland Security funding. Um, there's still a lot of stuff that just needs to catch up that needs to be improved. Um, right. It's, it's, it's really frustrating to think that we're so advanced. I can, like I said, I can call an Uber. I can, I can, I can pick up my phone and, tell, and, and look at where my mom is right this very second. But this sort of stuff, which you think is, is even more fundamental, more important, uh, is, is so far behind. Right. They just don't have the money to upgrade a lot of the yeah. time. Well, right. and the, the incentive, I think, is the real it's it's difficult because, you know, uh, what are they going to say? Well, we uh, we need the people to tell us their location whenever they can. 
you know, and so it's uh, this system has worked before without uh, location or without this uh, GPS uh, system, whereas Uber wouldn't work without, uh, you know, a GPS locator. And uh, so there's there's a lot of uh, a lack of incentive to really improve uh, the system the way it needs to be improved. Mm-hmm. Right. What, so one of the things they the, they said in this when they were testing it was so in the eight test calls they made. The operators placed them in a scattershot of locations, some that were really accurate, others down the street over thousands of feet away. One operator had no information at all. But within a minute or two, they got better information. They got a better fix on the position, sometimes within 100 feet of the bench. So with time, they can make it better. But it's those crucial first moments. Uh, mm-hmm. Thomas, you said something about like the, the GPS information. The, the The thing that's crazy is that they can't, right now pull the gps location data from your call they don't they can't get that your phone knows where it is pretty accurately but it's not sending that information now some would say well maybe we don't want it that easy for the government to pull our location data from a cell phone call (laughs) thomas is raising his hand my hand shot up immediately (laughs) so we're balancing security and liberty here right What, what what how what do you say about that? I, I honestly would rather them not know where I am. Um, I, I do like the idea that they, they have to triangulate from um, from devices that there's a record of that going on on their end. Um, it, ha- it, it is intensive. It's it's intensive enough that it does cost them some amount of resource to do. Um, I, I like all of these things. I think that they are uh, it, you have to weigh that against the. Uh, the ability to just to just grab the GPS location from whomever wants it. Uh, the other option here is we could make a 911 app that someone, especially someone who has medical needs, uh, that they have access to that, just like we did the the old um, the bracelets, you know, the, right. the mm-hmm. bracelets, the emergency medical thing that you could wear. Same kind of thing for your phone. Uh, this should definitely be something that they should be looking into. If they're not, I haven't seen anything like it. And um, I did a quick search for it and didn't find anything for it. So I don't know. CBS had a TV series a couple years ago that was based on on a real life situation where uh, a corporation, like a tech corporation, took over the police department, running the police department for uh, a, a, a major area of a, of a big city like New York or Chicago. I think it was Chicago. And one of the things they implemented was this 911 or there's this emergency app that people could use to report crime, report problems, report things. And it was it would provide more data because you because you offered it, you know, because you're entering it in. Um, And and so somebody's been thinking about it. And I think it was based on a real case in New Orleans, but I don't think they had an app like that there. But they might have. They might have. I don't recall it clearly. But I see what you're saying. I mean, we we it would be really good. It would be really easy to catch a lot more criminals if cops didn't need warrants to go search place, search houses. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We, we could catch a lot of criminals that way. On the other hand, I really prefer that police have to have probable cause and a judge's sign off and a, and a warrant before they can come into my house. Even though I'm not doing anything, I still would rather than not be able to do that. Right. And I think it might be something similar. Yeah. And I could see the I could see the app. I mean, the app is something that you have on your phone that you've given permission, and um, and it you can you can if you would like to opt out of it. You can turn it off. You can uh, limit it in some way. 
I don't know. I, I think it's a, I think it's a, 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 an elegant solution to a difficult problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think, it, of course, what we need is a, a, somebody big enough to come along and say, we're going to implement this. Um, and whether that, and whether it's a government entity, but maybe it will be one of the tech companies. Maybe it'll be an Apple or a Google incorporating into their, into their operating systems. Yeah, I think the biggest hurdle to overcome would be having each jurisdiction sign off on that and agree to use that protocol because that that's going to be the bottleneck. Right. Yeah, that's true. Right. Your local departments would have to sign off on it. I mean, there there are ways to do I mean, they already do things like that. There are, there are, there are political and organizational ways to, to implement it, uh, but, mm. but the tech is there. Uh, unlike what's so often when politicians want to uh, change tech, they say, "Well, those geniuses will figure it out." Well, right. yeah, this is a case <laughs> where might the, be an area where they could do it. <laughs> yeah, this is actually an area. So, what can we do now, though? So, one of the things is there's a, there's a group called the National Emergency Number Association. It's a nonprofit group that advocates for better nine one one, and they they're saying in as little as a year, every national cell phone carrier will be incorporating iPhone and Android smartphone GPS information into the caller information they provide to nine one one. So, Tom, is that this is your your scenario that you don't yeah. want. Um, so, the, but so we should know this ahead of time that this is this is probably going to be happening. But but what do we do in the meantime? What what is the, the one of the things that they suggest is as soon as you call, if you are able to, and this is the key, if you are able to, give your location, like like you did, Jack. Like, and this is something we did when I was a kid because we didn't have GPS location data. You, you know, you call, you pick up the phone and call, where are you? Uh, and you tell them. Um, unfortunately, the reporter in this story, he, his wife was, because of her asthma attack, couldn't, she could only talk at the very beginning of the, of the call. And then because there was a breathing issue, couldn't talk by the end of it. And so that's why they ended up not being able to get the location from her. But whenever you call 911, drill it into your head, your kids' heads, everyone you know. The first thing you do is say, I have an emergency, I am at, and then you give your location the best you can, whether it's an address or a cross street or something, uh, first thing you do, and that uh, that above all. So what, what else do you think I mean, with, that people can do to, to, be, to make 911 work better for them? Call your representative. That can help. Yeah. Yeah. Your local, your local and state governments, especially, advocate yeah. for better systems. Well, on a, on a personal level, make sure people know where you are. And follow up your 911 call if you can with a call to someone who knows, because they can make a call to 911 as well. Right. And it, as long as they know where you are, they can get somebody there for you. You know, that's one of the things with the new Apple watches. I don't have a new one, but the new ones, they, they have a medical like SOS on it. So even if you can't talk, if you hold down the the, the second button, not the crown, but the other button, uh, if you hold it down, it pops up and says, is this an emergency? And you can, you know, swipe it and say, you know, yeah, it's, you know, SOS. And it will send a, it will send an emergency call to both 911, but also a message to a designated emergency contact. Mm -hmm. And they will have your location. Uh, and I think yeah. that's a that's a good system, too, uh, is to be able to, is like you said, to make sure someone knows where you are. You know, try to get as much of that information out as you can. Um, because if you don't necessarily want to give it to the government a priori, Maybe someone in your family uh, is trustworthy enough. So that's that's a good. Those are good ones. So uh, 
bears watching. And and of course, there's always you know the the success stories, the good stories of when um, there was a rescue uh, recently. There was a, a young woman who was missing, and her mom found her car had gone off the side of a road, and uh, she found her with Find My Friends. Um, I, I came up with this other story. I just googled randomly, and I came up with the story of this woman who had a leg injury while hiking in uh, Maryland in the Green Ridge State Forest and was rescued after 911 dispatches tracked her down using the cell phone technology. You know, so we're better off than we used to be. You know, it, it, 30 years ago, if you fell in the middle of the forest with a hiking injury, you're done. <laughs> yeah. There's no way to call for help. You just got to hope that you got to blow your whistle and hope somebody finds you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But also, but, but you know, yeah, we can use that. We can use the technology we have to do that same kind of thing where if you uh, have like this, like if there were a more generalized app um, like uh, find my find my friends where you could just connect by Bluetooth, uh, you know, as somebody else is hiking along and they have their phone out and it just sends a ping to their phone. Hey, emergency. There's someone nearby that is, uh, you know, dealing with a, a distress because they open this app. Uh, that would be a great thing to have, especially like an AT hiker or something like that. Yeah, like a like a how to hiker outdoors outdoorsman app where you volunteer to receive sort of messages from nearby people. I mean, they use this this technology for stupid like hooking up at bars things. Right. <laughs> Let's use it to save <laughs> Let's some use it for something. Yeah, for something real. Okay. So now we got two apps. Two apps that we got to design now. <laughs> so Jack, we got to get on this, man. <laughs> Yeah, this is our uh, get rich, uh, get rich scheme. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Yeah, we're we're starting a startup right on this podcast. (laughs) We're going to start a new a new company. We we need some angel investors in this. That's for sure. All right. So, well, before we come up with any more uh, apps and give them away for free on our podcast, (laughs) uh, let's uh, let's move on to our our second topic tonight, which is, uh, like I said, it's also something about just keep, you know, keeping yourself safe and, and tracking and things like that. But this one is about browser tracking. And uh, it, it came about as the, there was a column in the Washington Post by their tech uh, reporter, and his name is uh, Gr- uh, Jeffrey Fowler, and he has a great little video on this on the the site. Now, of course, I'll have the link in the show notes uh, that explains how uh, Google's Chrome cookies track you. So, a cookie uh, can can someone explain to me exactly what we're talking about? When we're talking about cookies, Thomas. Sure, I'll go for it. Um, a, a cookie is basically just a piece of code. Uh, whenever you go to a website, you're downloading code onto your computer. So you're downloading some amount of resource from the computer. It might just be an HTML page. It might be some uh, picture links. But more and more lately, it's getting to be uh, these uh, cookies that are tracking you around the Internet. And it sounds incredibly nefarious, but you use it all the time when you do things like uh, save your password for logging into Facebook or when you save. Uh, information for logging into Amazon, uh, really just visiting a website, you're going to download some form of cookie that allows you when you go back to get the website faster because they want to make it run as quickly as possible. Uh, so they're going to try and save whatever state you were in and keep it running. The problem is, is that those things stay on your machine. Uh, they don't necessarily get deleted when you leave uh either when you leave that particular time from that website or when you leave the browser, sometimes they will persist past just being logged into the browser on any given time. And there's, there's, there's also the, the difference between cookies that say Amazon, for example, sets, it says you're logged in and this is your Amazon 
uh, information. And then there are third party cookies. And these are right. th- these are tr- data trackers that belong to ad networks or people who make money aggregating data about people's behavior. So a ne- like a, a, a behavior analysis and all these other things. Uh, and that is where I think so a cookie in itself can be good and useful. But when we start talking about third party cookies, I think that's where we're really getting into something a little more concerning. Yeah, because it's basically just harvesting all your data. That's why, like, I'll look at a guitar on Musician's Friend and then two weeks later, because I don't ever clear my cookies out because honestly, I'm lazy. I go to Facebook and that stuff pops up in the side. Like, it just follows you around and they're harvesting everything that you're looking at and basically building a profile of you. Right. This is why uh, sometimes people think that their their uh, smart assistant is listening to them when they, oh, my husband and I were just talking about a thing. And then later on, on, you know, on Facebook, I saw an ad for that very same thing. It may not, I don't, maybe your smart assistant is listening to you, but more, more than likely Occam's razor says, no, it's because your behavior online is related to whatever you're talking about. You've, you went to a website, you read an article and that data, that information is, was harvested, aggregated, filed, folded, spindled, and mutilated, and turned into an ad to be placed in your in your Facebook uh, page. So that's that's the so that's the problem we're talking about. And so one of the, the issues yeah. related to that is that Jeffrey Fowler came up with is he looked at Chrome, Google Chrome web browser. And one of the things that we have to realize is that Google is in. It's not in the Gmail business, not in the search business. It's not in the web browser business. It's in the ad business. And you're not Google's customer. Google's customer for the, right. We are the product. Just like when we watch TV, uh, you know, back, back in the old days over the air TV and NBC, ABC, CBS, we're, we were not the customer. We were the product being sold. And so uh, Google's ad buyer, advertisers are the, the customer. And so, their vested interest is to provide more and more data about what we're doing to the advertisers and to their ad networks. In fact, many of these trackers are owned by Google. Uh, Double click the ad network and all these others mm-hmm. are, are, are trackers owned by Google. So one of the things that uh, Fowler says is uh, in a week of web surfing on my desktop, I discovered 11,189 requests for tracker cookies that Chrome would have ushered right into my computer but were automatically blocked by Firefox. And so he, he's talking about how Firefox is not in the data business. They're, they're, their business is not about packaging your data and selling ads. They're, uh, they make their money off of, well, when you search on, you know, and they earn money off of search and they're a nonprofit. Uh, but, uh, but nevertheless, they, they are not, they're not into um, making money off of your data. So, well, what do we do? Do we do we give up Chrome? Should we should we trash Chrome for Firefox? Is there other other choices? Uh, are you guys worried about this? Do cookies worry you? Uh, to mention, I mean, Jack, you kind of mentioned that you you know they're there and you have you don't really clean them out. Is it worry you that you're being tracked? It it bothers me, but honestly, it's it can get to the point where you just kind of it's probably you know the frog in the boiling water, but you just get so used to it that it's hard to get too worried about it and also just the convenience factor. And I think that's where they're getting a lot of people is because it's easy just to open up Chrome and have everything pop right up how I have it and how I want it instead of spending five minutes logging into every page. Um, but after I did not realize the extent 
of how how much they were tracking you. So I am actually looking at switching either to Firefox or to Opera because Opera actually has a free VPN built into it. Brave Brave kind of does the same thing too. So yeah, you can do the same thing with Brave. Um, I I am worried about this. Uh, this is something that concerns me. So for a long time, I had ad blockers on my systems. Um, I used Ghostery just to figure out what I was seeing. Uh, mm-hmm. So Ghostery is a, an addition that you can add to Firefox, an, an extension that you can add to Firefox or to Brave. Uh, and then uh, there's also, uh, uh, there was an ad blocker that was great for a long while, but it blocked ads. And so every time you went to a website that had ads, uh, it would recognize that and it would keep you from continuing into the, the website because that's the way a lot of websites make their money is by ads being present and being able to be clicked. So I don't use either of those anymore. I use a program called Ad Nauseam. So it's A-D-N-A-U, however you spell nauseam. I can't. <laughs> I'm going to let Dom put that in the notes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it is, it's a fantastic program because it takes the best of the, that concept and it, it finds the ads on the page and then it clicks them for you. And uh, basically just runs a script in the background and just clicks the ads on the page as they come up so that um, you're not missing the ads. You're not uh, you know, preventing websites that you go to from getting from getting the response that they need from the ads, but you're not seeing them and they're not dropping cookies on your, on your system at the same time. Right. That's, and that's the thing is, is we're balancing, you know, what we're getting in general, often we're getting websites for free. We're getting, we're used to looking at web pages and, and getting their content for free. And the, the deal was we had to look at some ads to, to, to watch them. The problem became when the, these ads became overwhelming. They were, Mm-hmm. You know, the the infamous pop under era of, of ads, you don't see that right. much anymore. They learn those or the pop ups, the the ones on top, which you, you, you get those for subscri- subscription list now, but not so much for ads as much. And, but, you know, yeah, it was it, there was this arms race of ads and ads everywhere. And, and, and your your browsing experience slows down because you have to suck all that down the pipe into your web browser every time you go to a page. And so. People started responding like, if you're going to overwhelm me with this stuff, I'm going to start to to block some of it. And it's become this back and forth. We want people who run sites and 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 do these things to be able to stay in business and pay their bills and pay the mm-hmm. employees. That's an important thing. But we also want to be n- not overwhelmed by stuff uh, that that you know and be, have a, a decent experience on the web. So we've got to balance that, and maybe sometimes. We need to pay for things if they offer us a subscription, or maybe we don't use the thing if it becomes a hassle. Uh, but you're right, like this idea of uh, you know the 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 overwhelmingness. One of the worst offenders I've found with trackers and other bugaws and bits and bobs that are being are the local TV news stations. Oh gosh, yeah. So, <laughs> so when I had Ghostery running, I had, they changed uh, their their. The browser extension. I don't use it anymore. But um, when I used to have it running, I'd go to like my local TV news station, and it would be like fifty. The page would be filled with notifications of trackers that it was blocking. And I'm thinking, why are you doing this? It's most of it's just not knowing. Um, and and that's that's the thing that I would say for for those of you who are tech savvy enough, or those of you who do have a presence on the web, be careful who you're partnering with because uh, the 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 ad companies that are really above the board they'll tell you that they'll tell you what they're doing and what they're not doing 
Um, and the ones that won't, they'll give you a little bit better return, but they, they are farming your customers for information. And, and it's something that you need to be mindful of if you're a person that's entering into a deal with one of these ad agents. And they'll sour your relationship with your customer. Right. Cause people end up just not going to that page. Let's talk about some, some things people can do to protect themselves from trackers and, and, and protect their privacy. So one of the things you kind of mentioned already was change your web browser. So uh, back in the day was, Get rid of Microsoft the Internet Explorer because, you know, it's terrible. Go to Chrome. Chrome's the new thing, uh, but maybe not so much anymore. So uh, other ones that are better, Safari is can be better. Um, Apple has made n- noise that, you know, for if you're on a Mac, um, that if you use their uh, web browser, they, they don't allow certain activities. And so, but they're still a giant tech company and you still got to kind of trust them with that. Okay, so Safari... Uh, Firefox- on the same on the same string there, Edge for Microsoft yes. is actually really good. It's actually a very secure browser. Um, I've done a lot of work with it, and um, it really is. Uh, it, it's a good solution to this problem, too. Yes. Uh, as someone who used to have to build websites that worked in web browsers and Internet Explorer 6, I'm just very sour on uh, anything from Microsoft. I just in can't web bring browser. myself to recommend a Microsoft browser. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm sure it is but a lot of these microsoft are better than it used to be uh okay so then uh firefox as mentioned in the article uh firefox is a very good web browser it's been around for ages um and if you read the article that i'll put the link in it talks about why firefox is is, is more secure uh we've talked about brave before um i'm still using brave uh i it is actually one of the things that, that i like about brave is there's this ability to turn it on and off and to then or kind of adjust the the blocking because sometimes you get to a site and it's like, uh, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm not letting you in. And you see, you just kind of uh, change a few things here and there. And you're like, and it lets you through once it, you've, you've satisfied its conditions, like it doesn't see that anymore. So it's, it's, I like it because of that. There's that, that ability, but it's also built on the same engine that Chrome is. So if you need to use Hangouts or Gmail or any of those things, it still works just like Chrome would. Um, and then you mentioned Opera. That's another option. Um, also been around for ages. It's a, it's a smaller base, but uh, they have a VPN. And we've talked about VPNs before, but how does a VPN help us here uh, with the, the trackers? And basically, um, it can obfuscate your location so they cannot track you by IP address. Okay, that is, that is a good one. Yes. How often I get things like, oh, check out the arrest record for these people in your town of, and like Randolph is the town next to mine, but that's where my uh, IP address is listed as. So I always know when a site is doing silliness like that. I would also, I would also recommend people look at their um, browser on their phone, because a lot of people are forgetting that you can download these, uh, these browsers on your phone. I know Brave is accessible from the Android platform, so you can download Brave and use Brave as your phone browser as well. Yeah, and you can use Brave on on iOS as well, but the, there's a fundamental thing. The, the 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 on iOS, it's always WebKit underneath. It's always Basic Safari, and then something on top of it. So what Brave does is put its security layer on top of the browser that's built into iOS. So not as good as if you would just straight Brave like on Android, but better than than say using Chrome on iOS, which you know, right. <laughs> you're, you're using Safari and letting Google see everything. It's like the worst of both worlds. So don't, don't do that. Uh, 
So uh, that that was a good point. Also, speaking of browsers, be careful about what browser extensions you install in your browser. Uh, if you give up, if I, I had a friend who mentioned that they were trying to visit a, a website, it was like a news website or some type of blog site or whatever. And in order to read their content, they required you to install a browser extension. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Run away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely Never not. <laughs> go back to that site. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is because what because what what happens when you install a browser extension? You're basically opening everything up to them, right? That's yeah. like a really, really fancy cookie. That's a uh, that's next level cookie right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's if, like one of those icing cookies. Yes. Because yeah. I mean, basically <laughs> a browser can see a browser extension it, it, written the, correctly. Can see everything you're doing on your browser. Like it's it's a it's the keys to the kingdom. Uh, so yeah. So so be careful with browser extensions you install. Make sure they're from the you know a reputable uh, source. That sort of thing. So um, and in fact, when you install uh, browser extensions in Brave, it will sometimes say we've checked this and this is a good one. And, and there are ones that they'll say we we haven't checked this, but you might know that it's still good, like because it's from a major vendor or something like that. And uh, so you could do that. Um, we mentioned um, blocking ads and third-party cookies. You mentioned ad, ad nauseum. Uh, what about AdBlock Plus? That used to be the gold standard, but I've been hearing some weird things about them lately that maybe they're actually working with these third-party cookie people now. What, what's going on with that? Do you know? Uh, yeah, I, I heard that they had, uh, and, and this is all, I don't, I don't know that I've verified it enough to, to trust it, but I had stopped using them before this anyway. Uh, and it was mostly because of the, they would prevent me from going to sites and then I'd have to turn them off and whatever. Uh, but apparently what they were doing is they were taking bids from some of these companies to allow their ads through the ad block. So you would go to a website and it wouldn't block the ads because that particular company had paid them to allow, uh, allow the ads to still show, uh, which I wouldn't be surprised about because it was annoying as I'll get out trying to use ad blocker while you were driving around the web anyway <laughs> right i do i do remember noticing like and that might have been one of the reasons i stopped using it was because ads were getting through i'm like well what's the point of an ad blocker if it just lets ads through so right yeah it's gotten worse and worse over the years mm, that's too bad it's too bad uh it, and it's and, well that's a, another sign keep up with things like if if it just because a tool worked in the past doesn't mean it's still trustworthy right. and useful now I would say try every month, try and go through your extensions and look at what you have installed. And if you don't recognize it, get rid of it, because as soon as it's useful again, it's going to your the, the website's going to remind you that you need it. Right. Right. And yeah, and if you're not using it, get rid of it. too. Right. If you're not actively yeah. using it on a regular basis. Um, and then one of the things I mentioned was, is, you know how when you go to a website and it says, oh, you can sign up. You can enter in a password like that you have to figure out and keep track of in your email address, or you could just sign in with your Facebook account or your Google account. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> yes, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Get a password that, manager and use good, strong, unique passwords. Yeah. And and if just so everybody knows, that's like, uh, that's again, that's the ultimate cookie kind of thing. What you've done is you've told this other company that you use this website and now they can track back and forth between those two things. And um, it actually allows them to communicate with each other. And I'm, I'm really surprised we haven't moved on to an era where that is um, a considered just unsafe practice generally. Yeah. One of the things that Apple mentioned at WWDC a few weeks ago is this fall and their new operating systems are going to implement their own version of this 
And they said this system does not give information to the third party that you're using it with unless you explicitly say so. So the the email address that it uses to sign to, to as your unique sign in is a random alias with like the 25 letter email address random address uh and so you control whether and you know, although you may want to have um to give them more information but that's up to you but if for them to communicate with you they email that random address and then it forwards it to your real address that apple has that connection again if if you trust apple to to be the privacy company that they want they say they are but still it's 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 better than letting Facebook and Google do it. Not as good as just signing up with a random email or password. All right. So any other tips, anything else we should uh, tell people? Also just watch out for what permissions any app you install on your phone is asking for. Cause those can yes. be tracking you. Yes, definitely. Uh, especially if you give permissions uh, to connect to your social media. Like, so like this is separate from signing in, uh, you know, to the, to an account using your, your Facebook account. But sometimes they want to like connect your Facebook account and we'll give you something in this game or you'll be able to connect with your friends. When you do that, you're sometimes giving up a lot more information. Especially, like the worst one is, is when they, when they, anything that wants to find your friends and which means mm-hmm. it's sucking down your entire address book, including mm-hmm. any confidential content information you may have. Right. And that, that's a, that's a bit annoying when, when I'm being careful but somebody who's got my my confidential contact information isn't, and right. that's frustrating. So that's that's a good Absolutely. one. Absolutely, yep. And that's uh, and that's all the that's all the uh, couple levels deep stuff because if you have that person's email and phone number and Facebook, now this company that they didn't have any association with has that person's connection information, uh, possibly. So. Uh, I would say another thing, if you want to see how dependent you are on this autofill stuff, just private browse for a little while. And it's going to show you a lot of places that you are getting lax in your security. But generally speaking, I recommend that everybody use your private browsing feature as much as you possibly can. That's sometimes called incognito mode or that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Interesting, yes. Because that essentially, it blocks cookies. What does it do? It blocks cookies, blocks history. Uh, yeah, and it and it does a, a couple of other little things. Uh, I know that in some of the some of the browsers, it will give you a VPN. Um, it it's it, it and it won't any of that autofill information that is available on a normal basis. It will not be available in the incognito mode, uh, and that's important. You need to know where you are being lax and just kind of letting the internet take care of you, right? <laughs> because because that again, if you're if it's easy for you, you are the commodity that's being bought and sold. All right, that's excellent. And if folks, if you have any tips, any information that you want to share, or any questions about this that we could perhaps explore some more, uh, please feel free to let us know. Uh, send us an email to technology at sqpn dot com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, before we get into our picks of the week, I do have a, a tip. I ran into had a little uh, tech problem myself this weekend. I use Plex on my uh, uh, as my media center for my TV. Plex is software that runs on a server, and I can create a library of TV shows or movies or even home movies, that sort of stuff that I can put on there and that I can watch on you know uh, from my Plex uh, media center. 
Well, I have that, and I have it on my network attached storage. My the brand I use is Synology, and all of a sudden I stopped seeing all of my content, and I was pulling my hair out trying to figure out why. Why can't? I, what? Where did my the shows are there? The movies are there on my Plex machine. Why am I not seeing them in the software? Well, it turns out that when uh, the, in the most recent version of Plex, they changed it so that the user, the Plex user in the in the in the the server software. They were they lowered its level of permissions for what it could see, and so it could no longer read the it would it had no longer permission to read the libraries where I was storing my files. And so as soon as I figured that out, I had to go into the server, and it'll be different on what different servers that you use, and find the the list of users, the you know the the system users, and one of them was called Plex, and I said, uh, you let it read. <laughs> read and write the library folders. And I had to find, you know, for the library folders. And once I did that, everything was back to normal. But it was, it was really annoying before that, uh, <laughs> before I figured that out. And what annoyed me the most was that Plex had never, never sent out an email when they changed this to, to the users or any type of information. I had to go digging around quite deep in their website before I found it. And, and it kind of stumbled on it. So I wanted to get that information out there, pass it along to people if, they're, if, you, if you encounter people having this problem. All right, so that's that was my tip of the week. So let's go to our picks of the week. Uh, Jack, let's go with you first. What's your pick of the week? All right, so I figure if tech companies are going to be tracking us and harvesting all information, we might as well make some money off of it. So my recommendations are uh, Google Play Rewards. Um, as far as I know, it's only available for Android. Um, and basically what it is is they'll send you surveys based on demographics you fill in on the app, and it gives you like 10 cents, 25 cents, sometimes up to a couple dollars. And it's in Google Play credit. So you can use it for music and movies and games in the Android store. And also SurveyMonkey Rewards, which is available on iOS and on Android. And that gives you money that can be redeemed for uh, Amazon credit. Amazon credit. Um, and you can, I think you have to, you can redeem it in $5 increments. So every $5 you get, you can cash out for an Amazon gift card. And it's not a lot of money, but it's a couple dollars here and there. Excellent. Yeah, I've seen a few things like that before. Yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna give your your data is your is is your commodity. You should be able to make money off of it. Right. Uh, if, yeah, if and I, I would it. I will say that you know uh, Google Rewards does not sound like much, but I have done 206 surveys, and I have made a total of fifty dollars off of those 206 surveys. Wow. Yeah, I've made over a hundred dollars in the six years I've used it. I mean, it's. Over six years, that's not a lot of money, but but it's hey, it's a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's a movie rental here and there. Yeah, for free. that's pretty good. That's that's a interesting idea. All right, that's a good pick. Uh, and uh, how about you, Thomas? What's your pick of the week? So mine's not as much of a single tech pick, but uh, I just wanted to highlight the fact that a, a lot of people don't realize that their local library has access to a huge amount of uh, electronic resources. So uh, if you haven't yet, go check your library, uh, call your librarian, uh, check their website, uh, something like that to see what you have access to with your library card. Because I know for me personally, it started kind of by looking for professional papers. We have access to some professional uh, some professional repositories for papers online. Uh, I found out that we have Hoopla. My wife is really into the library. We have uh, access to Hoopla and Overdrive, which are both um, electronic resources that you can download music. You can download, uh, you, you check it out just like the library, but you check it out onto your phone. So you can download an album and it gives you recommendations for other albums that are similar. Uh, really, really great system. But I also have access to lynda.com, 
unlimited access to lynda.com mm. through my library. Uh, I have Mango Languages is another one that I get through my library. So use your library resources. <laughs> Interesting. Very good. I did. I knew about Overdrive and Hoopla and uh, Libby is another new one. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you, you can sometimes get audiobooks. Uh, my library doesn't have the big Finnish audio, Doctor Who audiobooks, which is really uh, uh, sad. I really was hoping they would. But uh, they, but uh, the lynda.com one, I, I've used Lynda to, to learn various things over the years and it's a, it's a, it can be expensive, but it's really if you can get it for free, that's really awesome. I have to if we don't if my library doesn't have it, I'm going to start bugging them about it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the other thing is like you know actually if if you don't have these things, go to your library and tell them, hey, we should have these things. Yeah, <laughs> they might not even have thought of anybody in your town would want it. So that's that's good. Awesome, that's a good one. Uh, so mine is um is a new game. I'm going to go with a game this time and have some fun. Uh, Harry Potter Wizards Unite. It's the latest game from Niantic, the people who brought you Pokemon Go, the last uh, huge people going nuts over a game craze from a couple years ago. Well, they took that and they they married it to Harry Potter, and now this summer people are going to be insane. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and so I've uh, I just started it today. Uh, the the gameplay is is very similar. One of the things I like about Niantic is they've been around a while. This is, I think, their third major uh, augmented reality game. And mm-hmm. every time they, 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 they do a new one, they, they, have, they have a good track record of making it better, a better experience. Uh, Pokemon Go is better than the one that came before. Oh, I can never remember the name of it. Ingress. Ingress. That's right. Very good. And, Which I, I have to, I'll tell you a story about that in just a minute, but you go ahead. <laughs> okay. So uh, Pokemon Go is better than Ingress. And Harry Potter is going to be better than uh, the uh, the uh, Pokemon Go. So uh, check it out, download it. You know this stuff. You can this in-game stuff you can buy, but you don't have to buy it. Um, is if you just want to have fun, uh, it will suck up your battery. <laughs> so be prepared for that, um, and take a space on your phone. So it doesn't have to, but you you can it can if you let it. So just be aware of those. And as they they remind you, actually, they do a good job of reminding you over and over again: be safe when using it because they have you know you get your head in your phone while you're walking around outside. But also, and don't trespass on people's don't, and watch out for death yep. eaters. Yeah, and watch out for <laughs> yes, the death eaters. Uh, so uh, so but have some fun with it. So I'm I'm looking forward to having some fun. I'm going to be doing some travel over the summer, and so going to well-known places is always mm-hmm. a big part of it like so if you go to a, a a landmark or a park or a historical marker or something like that you, that's often a place where some of the the game can be played so uh, and and it's a social game you're out there and you encounter other people playing it and you talk to them and you get to know people it, it was an evangelization opportunity for a lot of people i remember father andrew who's also on the show with us uh some weeks he he was talking about how he was playing pokemon go with some folks uh very very recently and got to talking about being a priest, and it was an evangelization opportunity. So, well, Thomas, what was your story? Okay, so so I love Niantic because the they are the best cloud sourcing uh, company I have ever seen. Uh, Ingress, if you if you look at the way that these uh, these uh, programs have kind of fallen along, Ingress was all about mapping locations. Like you had to go out, find a location that was uh, recognizable, take a picture of it, send it in, and it would be. Uh, they they would then check it and make sure that it was uh, viable as a monument that people could use to congregate at in the game. It was part of the game's uh, mm-hmm. concept. They used those landmarks 
than to make Pokemon Go work. <laughs> and oh. uh, it was just absolutely brilliant uh, scheme to try it, you know, because you, you otherwise you'd have to go out there and check all of these things out, make sure right. all the pictures were there, make sure that all the locations actually existed, get the GPS data. Nope. They just said, here, go do it. <laughs> People <laughs> yeah. did. Wow. That's awesome. Yes. And so they, they were able to crowdsource the, 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 the stuff they would have otherwise had to pay a lot of money to get. That's pretty good. Exactly. So, so folks, if you if you're playing Harry Potter Wizards Unite and you're having fun with it, let me know what you think of the game. Um, our friends out in uh, New Zealand got to play the in the beta period. There was a period of of several months uh, this earlier this year that they were they had it for everyone else in the world. So uh, they're way ahead of the rest of us uh, in the game. So we'll we'll have to do some catching up to do. Uh, so all right. Uh, so I think I think that'll do it for us. So before we we close out, we want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create. The Secrets of Technology, including Les R, Paul L, Terry M, Yvonne R, and Dennis S. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to create The Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest, including a new show I want to tell you about called American Catholic History. It's a show by Tom and Noel Crow, a couple, and they talk about in about 10 minutes a week, you're going to get a great story about Catholics, in uh, some Catholic Americans who through their faith have contributed in some way to our country or to our faith. And uh, very often there'll be stories that you've never heard of before. So you you will hear some about some of the well-known people, you know, Stephen Elizabeth Ann Seton, that sort of thing. But very often it's going to be things that you you hadn't heard before. Very interesting stories, very interesting people and events. So check that out. That's at sqpn.com slash history. And if you want to help us bring even more new podcasts and continue to bring you these podcasts, you can join uh, all of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give. So what do you think of our discussion? Do you have some feedback for us on uh, the 911 question and on uh, the, the browser tracking issues? Let us know by going to sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash starquestmedia, and leave us some feedback or send an email to, like I said, technology at sqpn.com. And you can find all of the links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. So until next time, Jack Barazzini, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of technology. Thanks, Tom. Thomas and Herho, thank you as well. It was great to be here. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest. <laughs>